Well, hello everybody. It's the 11th of May in the morning, which is relevant to this podcast. I'm joined today by Robert and by John. And today, by the time you have listened to this, you will know whether interest rates have been increased at midday by the Bank of England. Interest rates at the moment are four and a quarter, and it looks as though they're going to go up by 25 basis points. Robert, are you going to go for 25 basis points or no rise or a bigger rise? Well, you know, I'm very good at betting because I won some money on John Rahm at the Masters. So I'll go for 25. Yeah, I, I would go likewise. None of them know what they're doing. They'll just follow what the Americans have done to make it look like they're doing something. So, yeah, I'll go for a quarter of a point too. And let, let's remind ourselves, inflation in this country, CPI is um, 10.1. But for us older people, it's the RPI, which is 14%. Um, we don't talk about that index uh, sorry, anymore. No, we stop that now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so there's 10% difference. Now, yesterday, there was some better news in the US in the fact that inflation fell below 5 to 4.9% and their interest rates are 5%. I can't help but think that either inflation has got to come down significantly towards whatever interest rates are, or interest rates are going to have to go up significantly towards where inflation is to get this under control. It's a medicine to make you better. And I don't think we've administered enough of the medicine. And when you don't administer enough of the medicine, you have to administer more. And I'm not quite sure if that's good. Well, in order to administer the right medicine, you have to get the correct prognosis. And if you didn't know how we got here, I, I, I haven't got a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to plot their way out of it because everything they thought would happen didn't. I mean, we, we, we have to remember this is different to last time we've had or previous times where we've increased interest rates. They have printed a huge amount of money and nobody but nobody knows the effect that is going to have on the interest rates, on inflation and to what degree interest rates are going to have to be increased compared to in previous occasions? Well, at the, at the end of it all, they're going to have to work out what it is that they don't want. Do, do you want to do you want to neutralise the inflation, or are you going to put rates up to such a degree that it causes a global recession? In fact, almost depression, because they've addicted everyone to cheap credit for the last fifteen years. So. That is the balance that they're going to have to try and work out. My guess says that they will not be quite as keen on slaying inflation uh, when they see what such steep interest rate rises have delivered and, and will deliver. The problem they've got now is that the volatile stuff, the food and the oil, which actually has fallen, is bringing down headline rates. But the so-called core inflation, which is everything else, is actually proving very sticky. What they've done is that they have reignited what I would call structural inflation. And so that is now the problem. They've, they've brought inflation into the system. And even though the oil and the food has played ball and has started to, to fall in price, it's the other stuff now that's the problem. I mean, to throw into the equation this week, I mean, Janet Yellen's in Japan talking about the debt ceiling and the, the Republicans and the Democrats are really struggling to an agree to increasing the debt, debt ceiling. But, I mean, the increasing debt, that surely is inflationary as well. 
Of course. I mean, this is just a pantomime, isn't it? We go through this every now and again, the, the debt ceiling. It always ends up getting raised, and it will do this time. I, I, I'd have a hefty wager on that. But Yellen and her, her like, all they're interested in is raising debt ceilings and spending money you haven't got. Ever, ever greater deficits. Do you ever hear these people say, let's pay some money back and let's live within our means? It's all my traffic. That's what I mean about structural inflation. I think it is now back into the system. And do they have the will to really squeeze it out of the system? My guess says no. No. And I did notice as well that Australia had a, a budget surplus. I mean, there are people in central banks are going to have to go look those two words up to understand what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's just gross incompetence to have a budget surplus, isn't it? What, what, what are they up to? Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's move on. So I saw that Berkshire Hathaway's uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger were concerned the other day about bad bank debt, in particular commercial property debt. I saw that Charlie Munger was sat there aged 99, and I suspect he's seen it all before. So uh, his views, in my opinion, are very, very important. Him and Buffett are both very, very wealthy men. People out there who are listening to this, are probably thinking, well, why are you talking about commercial property and bank debt? Because that just doesn't affect me. But it might do. I think that there's a very good chance that the problems which you've been in the States with the banking sector, I think you're going to end up with potential contagion here in Europe. The Bank of Italy has already made one or two noises about some of its banks, which are struggling a little bit. And we mentioned last time that there's um, significant vacancy in commercial property. And what happens in the States often happens over here. But how does that affect you? Well, clearly, if you have a commercial property fund within your portfolio, well, then it's obvious how it can be, how it can affect you. But there are lots of different type of funds out there, like multi-asset funds, cautious managed funds, absolute return funds. And you haven't got any clues in there from the title. In my 35 years in this industry, uh, a lot of these type of funds, but not all of them, will have exposure to commercial property. And I know I do not want exposure to commercial property for my clients. And I also don't want significant exposure to banks because Lloyd's the other week mentioned that it was starting to see delinquency with regard to mortgage payments. And, and that was backdated information before the last rise in interest rates and potentially one today. I don't know what, what you two think about that. Well, you've had interest rates at what 300-year lows or whatever, all-time lows. Describe it how you wish. Um, so there is every likelihood that there will be a lot of bad property deals on the balance sheets of banks. And so uh, when, when you hear the likes of Lloyd saying that delinquency rates have started to rise, my guess says they'll go a little bit further yet. And just seeing the tip of the iceberg, you've seen in the States what's happening. As, as a general rule, my guess is that property is structurally overvalued. And um, there are going to be some problems for banks coming down the track. I think you're absolutely right, Duncan. Most people who have a pension fund, they probably don't have any idea what's in it. It's a pension. So they've done well to save in it. And when they get their 
you know, 14 pages of paper at the end of each tax year, they probably don't read it because, you know what, they've got better things to do. So, yeah, I mean, these people, well, they've got commercial property, so perhaps they need to think again. I think there's more people with commercial property. I mean, we see a lot of these portfolios which are transferred to us, which have these multi-manager funds, cautious managed absolute return funds, and there, in a lot of them, there is elements of things which you you would not want to to own, in my opinion. I come back to the fact that we are mainly equity-based investors. If you own Nestle, you've bought into a company which supplies coffee and various chocolate confectionery and pet food, etc., and all sorts of things. But you you know what you've bought into. Credit Suisse has gone pop effectively, and they um, had about $17 billion of these 81 cocoa bonds, which were introduced in the last financial crisis to shore up these banks. Now, I know for a fact that we do not own any cocoa bonds. Those cocoa bonds, there's 17 billion with Credit Suisse. I believe there's about $250 billion of cocoa bonds around the world. And who owns them? It's not us. Is it you within your cautious managed fund or your absolute return fund? Because it's something I most certainly would not want to be owning. I think absolute no return fund is perhaps more appropriate for a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I too would like to add something here. that The word cocoa bond isn't spelt C-O-C-O-A, uh, because then our dear listeners will probably think that's something to do with Kit Kats. Uh, it isn't at all. <laughs> no, but it does send you to sleep. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of cocoa bonds is that in times of stress, they morph from being a bond to be equity. At the very worst time for that to happen. You know, so when is a, when is a bond not a bond? When it suddenly becomes equity, when the bank needs to shore up its balance sheet. As an investment, I can see no redeeming feature in them whatsoever. The key to me is there's lots of people out there who own these type of investments, these managed funds, etc., which we've mentioned. And does your advisor, does your investment manager know exactly what are in these products which are being sold to you? And my guess is not. And you have to think about what may happen over the next five or 10 years and whether those investments which you are holding now would deliver what you're expecting. So there we have another episode of our podcast, dear listeners, and um, you won't be surprised to have heard a couple of usual themes. In fact, I met a neighbour of mine the other day who surprised me by saying he listens to the Williams Investment Management Podcast. He said, you guys like Kit Kats, don't you? And I thought, yeah, you've got it. You've got it that we like Nestle. We've talked about bad bank debt. We've talked about inflation. We've talked about the fact that Bank of England are meeting today with their glorious leader. And um, we all put a little bet on interest rates going up by another quarter. And as Duncan rightly said, RPI, which is the index that um, many of us of a certain age remember, is 14%. When Duncan was saying that, I was reminded of a marvellous 1980s band called The Ruts. And they had a song and the chorus went, you're in a rut and you've got to get out of it. It's a great song. I recommend you download it on YouTube. But the point being, I think the Bank of England is in a rut and they will, I think, have to raise interest rates considerably from now on. 
Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this edition and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.